This is the Blue Cloud Podcast, empowering the entrepreneurial lifestyle with insights on the leading trends in the mobile and digital landscape, turning ideas to empires. Hello, beautiful people. This is Car Thomas with the Blue Cloud Podcast, where we go around and find the people at the top of the app store and in the app business, find out exactly how they're doing it so that you can do it too. And it's been a little while since our last podcast episode. I'm hoping to do this more often, but I think that you'll find that it was worth the wait. I had the pleasure of interviewing David Reichelt, who is the mobile game developer behind Color Switch. And if you don't know Color Switch, you're probably living somewhere that doesn't have internet because it is by far the most popular game in the recent history, definitely since Flappy Birds, but potentially one of the most popular games in the history of the entire App Store. It's been ranked number one for over 40 days now and has a total of over 30 million downloads in two and a half months. Okay, that's out of control. For anyone who doesn't know much about the App Store, that those numbers are completely insane. Um, David was fascinated by computers as a child. He has his first Nintendo at the age of seven. He loved the Tron movie and was a high school dropout. And after the army, he went back to school to achieve a bachelor's degree in performance art. He's an accomplished magician and a member of the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Prior to Color Switch, he confesses that he invented over 40 very bad games and has become a student of graphic design, game experience, and the app business. I can honestly say that I checked the recording on my computer about five times while I was talking to David because this interview was that good. His story is, it's almost out of a movie, how good it is, and it's just so cool to hear him talk and to hear what he's gone through and what he's doing with his success. I'm so excited to be able to share this with you guys. Please let me know what you think. Uh, please share this with your friends. Uh, it's just an inspirational and awesome story. And uh, we're just really happy to have David on the podcast. And with that, I will let you guys listen in. Learn. Implement. Succeed. The Blue Cloud Podcast with Carter Thomas. You're in Southern California right now, right? Yeah, I live out in Los Angeles, um, not too far from my hometown, which is Simi Valley, maybe about thirty minute drive. But yeah, I'm real. I'm next to uh, Universal Studios. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, LA is always a trip. It's it's always fun to get down there. Uh, and yeah. so, and you've been, uh, so you've been in SoCal, and uh, you have not been in the app business for your whole life. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, I, I actually had zero experience in not only in this business, but in any kind of computer-related programming or anything other than using software before I got into this business back in uh, uh, July of 2013. Oh, wow. So it's been like, I mean, what, two and a half years, I guess. Um, and what, what prompted you to, to go, or I, I guess I should say, what were you doing before or in like June of 2013. Well, I uh I'm a theater major and I was going to uh Cal State Northridge at the time. And my friend Catherine, who I met in the theater program, she was moving out of her apartment 
And at the time, I was living in Simi Valley, and I saw her post on Facebook, and I thought, oh, this could be my chance because I wanted it, at the time I wanted to move out here to be closer to the Magic Castle, and because I, I've been a I picked up Magic when I was um, 26 in the military mm-hmm. about 10 years ago, and uh, you know I to this day I, I still work part time doing that you know here and there um, gigs at people's houses or different events, but my plan was to move out to LA to to be closer to the entertainment industry so I could get a lot more work doing that. And so when she moved out, turns out she had a roommate who was also her friend from high school and he was still living there. And so he was my new roommate. And I remember the first day I walked out of my room, he was at his computer and he had this, some kind of dinosaur game on the screen. I think it was, I think it was one of your, your uh, templates you used to sell. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure because it, it was like a, it was like a isometric or it was like some kind of it was like a Pac-Man kind of thing where this creature would chase the main character around the screen and you basically just had to swipe in the different directions you were going, and uh, it looked really bad, and but I I was intrigued and I asked him what he was doing. He said he was making an app, and I just kept on asking more questions and he said, oh, read this book and he had the App Empire mm-hmm. um, book and. I read that book and read uh, Chad Moretta's story, and then see, I've been I've been searching for something for maybe thirteen years um, on something I wanted to do, or uh, and um, and uh, I didn't know what it was, but I you know I've done so many things since I left home for the military thirteen years ago, and when I when I saw that when I when I read that book, I thought, oh, this is that thing I've been looking for. I can do this, mm. and then I just jumped into. It. I think I had. Uh, $4,000 worth of film gear because I was planning on doing like small production company or whatever and I sold all that and invested in uh, in apps, you know, from that point. Cool. That's awesome, man. That's amazing how it can be, you know, it's like one day you just wake up and, you, and one little thing uh, just kind of sets you on a whole new trajectory. It's crazy. You know, and it, all, it all really started because I was I was stuck in Bakersfield. Um, my mom had moved us there when I was 11 because she was a single parent and it was a lot cheaper for her to raise four kids. And but I you know when I was 23 I I uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. And the only thing I saw at the time was joining the military, uh, and so I joined the army. And it, that that one decision is it all this and everything else I've done all originates from leaving for the military. Not that I'm advocating for that. You know, that mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want people to go and just join the military, but that was what that was a thing that worked for me specifically and everything that I can I can trace um, everything back to that decision and and yeah, I, I never would have thought I would be into apps from, you know, my choice in becoming a medic, but that's what happened. Yeah. Well, that's and that's it's so cool because um it's it's a testament to the, like you know when you really look at what makes you know big success happen or or what gets us to where we want to go you know so it's so easy to be like oh well i'm not a i'm not a developer or i'm not a marketer or i don't have xyz when in reality it's more about like keeping yourself open to the possibilities and just hitting the gas when you know you want something like you said like i've been waiting for this now it's time to go after it and that makes all the difference Right. Yeah. It's, um, it, you know, it, everything starts with like what you just said, you know, um, give you know, you talk about giving yourself excuses, but 
you know, and what is that? That's that's a belief, a belief in that you can or you can't do something. And that's the crazy thing about your thinking is your thinking can translate into physical reality instantly. Like if you think, oh, I'm going to pick up a cup and you wouldn't even think of it. You wouldn't put too much emphasis on that thought. You would just do it without almost thinking about it. But it's it's amazing how powerful thoughts are. And either way, you know, because if you believe you can't do something, then you'll never take the action to start um, doing whatever it is you think you can't. But if you can, or if you think you can, you'll start taking those actions. And, you know, picking up a cup is pretty quick and easy. But if you want to build an app or be, you know, have a successful app career, you can do it if you believe you can, but it's going to take a lot longer than just that quick physical um, translation of your thought. So I just think it's amazing how powerful thoughts are either way, you know, because it can direct you in totally different ways for your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, totally. It's very well put. So July, July, 2013, you, you get the bug, you, you read app empire, you're, you're starting to think about, uh, apps in general and what, what does it look like for the next few, you know, the next few years up until let's say, uh, you know, last, last spring, last summer. Well, there were, um, <clears throat> as far as there, I guess there's three main phases of my app journey. And, oh, and, you know, I, I wanted to mention another book that, that I think really opened up the idea of doing this too was I read that, that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm. when I was 30 years old. And he taught, I'd never heard about assets or liabilities or passive income. I really didn't, you know, I, I, I was never trained in the finances or I didn't know any of that stuff. So when I read that book, that's that. That's when when the the actual tangible thought or the um, the 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 thing I've been searching for became more concrete. And I said, "Oh, I'm I've been searching for, you know, some creating a system of passive income so that I could you know spend my time to do you know do the work I would like to do instead of going to work for for a company." So so I think that's really what what when that when the, I read App Empire, I immediately thought of that book and it clicked. Totally. But um, yeah, as far as the the main phases, like I said, there's three phases. The first phase was I sold all my my um, <clears throat> film gear that I had. I had like a 12 or 22 foot crane and a cameras, and I was just like, sell it all. I can get this later. <laughs> Let me get that app up there. And um, so you know, in the beginning, I wasn't aware of um, any kind of drag and drop game builders. So I initially hired a programmer. And I think I took. Um, I also so I found um, I found your blog, and your website, and then from there I saw. Uh, I think I saw either a blog or an article or a mention of Trey Smith, and then I, I soon um, I soon found uh, his website, his Game Academy website at the time, and he had a. I think he had a video training series that I purchased, and it was all about the process of hiring. You know, he taught you about hiring the programmer, and you know how do you how do you get a good programmer, this and that. And um, so, so the first six months, I worked with a couple programmers to build my first app, which um, was called. Uh, I think it's still up on the App Store. It's called Baby Three Horns Great Escape. It's about two dinosaurs, and uh, it's just a simple, casual game. And I don't think the game design. Looking back at the game design, is kind of a mess. But um, the process was a lot of fun uh, and frustrating because the programmer I got never really um, got anything close to what I had in my mind. You know, no matter how long I worked with him, but um, but you know, after about six months, I launched the game, 
didn't really do too well. Uh, and, you know, it was pretty frustrating to work on something for six months and not have it do well. But then I thought, okay, you know, and, you know, and that's the thing. When you have, um, when you have uh, uh, challenges, it kind of forces you to change your thinking and try something new. And that's, all, that's the only method I've really had get me through all this is try something, doesn't work, try something new. So that brings me to the next phase, and that's where I, I thought, you know what, I'll learn how to do this. And I'd heard about Game Salad, and so I switched to Game Salad and, and uh, started uh, training on that. And within a couple months, I put up a bunch of simple games with that. Um, but, you know, I was, I was never really great at Game Salad. I found it pretty cumbersome as far as I, I consider it semi-coding because – you know, it's drag and drop, but behind the scenes, you're having to create these code stacks, and it can get pretty complex. And I, I just, it was always a bit cumbersome and and um, uh, long process. So, but I used Game Salad till about, I want to say, summertime of 2014, and mm-hmm. then I launched. Uh, I I spent three months on these dentist games where you clean the teeth. Yep, and I coded I coded those pretty much from scratch, and it took me three months. Uh, and I launched them, no downloads <laughs> at all, <laughs> no downloads. And I got so burnt out. I was like, man, I spent three months on these, launched them during Fourth of July weekend, thinking I'd get all these downloads and nothing. And I I, I was just kind of bummed, and and I I had to take a breather. So I don't even think I um, I didn't quit, but I I was like, okay, I need to take a break, and I took several months. Where I didn't build anything, but I I kept on you know looking at the industry and whatnot, and then that brings me to the last phase, which was I decided I, I knew Billbox came out in 2014, but I was kind of put off by the price tag, and I knew I couldn't afford it at the time, but I I, I was like you know what I'm going to focus on building really simple games, and this time I'm going to look at that Billbox software because I you know from Trey and I thought because I thought that could be the I think that's the perfect software because it looked pretty easy to use. And sure enough, I downloaded his 15-day trial um, and uh, loved it. You know, it was so, so easy to use. And um, the, actually, a funny story about it is I accidentally purchased it. Um, <laughs> I was just checking it out, and I thought, oh, he's got the payment plan. And it didn't say – I think it either didn't say how much it was a month or there was something that I wanted to get more information on. So – I thought, oh, I'll just fill in my information here, credit card information. It, it just said next on the screen. It didn't say purchase. So I said, oh, okay, next screen. And then, oh, you've purchased BuildBox now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, no. I don't even have uh, 750 in my bank. And my step, my stepdad was there, and I said, I think I made a grave error. And he said, what would you do? I think I, I just purchased this software for making apps that I can't afford. And he said, oh, how much is it? Here, here's a check. And he he actually helped me pay, make the first three payments um, for the software. So uh, because he, you know, ever since I told him about the app business, he 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 believed that this would go somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, so he he backed me with that. So I owe him uh, um, an, uh, a successful app as well. I told him I'd um, you know work work on that when the when the time comes. But um, yeah, that, those are the three main phases, and then um, you know the the rest. You know, I've been using Buildbox ever since. Um, there's a lot of details in each phase, but those are the three. That's awesome. And I mean, I think that that's, it's awesome to hear the story of all that, right? Like kind of the evolution and, you know, for anyone out there who doesn't know game salad, it's like David was saying, 
it was kind of the first real, you know, anyone can do it game builder for the app store. But like you said, once you got into it, it was actually there was a like like a legit amount of coding involved. Like it wasn't really yeah. that easy. And yeah. uh which was frustrating. And then Trey came along, uh Trey Smith, he's a great guy, and he created Buildbox, which was the first real game builder that was like an unbelievable uh, game builder, but it was it was easy to use and it created really spectacular games, um, which is awesome. And then, you know, the kind of culmination of all this, is you start you started making build box games, uh, and then you had this this idea for a game called Color Switch. Yeah, and you know that's it. It's interesting how I came up with that because <clears throat> I think. Um, I think too many independent developers rely on too few tools. And I, I actually think one of the main things they do wrong is they just rely on the game builder itself to make them a good game. When, when the fact is that you have to study a lot of different things. And one of the main books, actually the book that gen helped me generate the idea for Color Switch is called uh, Thinker Toys, T-H-I-N-K-E-R toys mm -hmm. and <clears throat> it's basically a handbook of creative thinking techniques and when you apply these techniques to a problem you're trying to solve let's say you had a problem and and you generated uh, 10 ideas in an hour like I used to and once I found this book and I started using the techniques well you can generate a hundred ideas in an hour easily or more you know, it just depends. the The better you get at the techniques, which are very simple to use, the 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 more you know, the quicker your ideas come from using them. And really, there were two techniques in there that that I combined to generate color switch. I I think I must have generated three or four hundred ideas, and I finally thought of color switch during that brainstorming session. And uh, and but yeah, it was you know, it's I. It's like having a Swiss Army brain for your thinking. I mean, uh, not a Swiss Army brain, a Swiss Army knife for your <laughs> yeah. for the way the way you think. Yeah. And, uh, the uh, and yeah, that's one of the uh, one of my best buddies is an actor down in L.A. actually, and uh, along those lines, an exercise he taught me that's helped me uh, with creativity is every day you try to write five stories that are twenty five words or less. And it's amazing when you like, you only got 25 words and you got to paint this amazing picture. Like your brain right. is so creative. Uh, and so I'm a firm believer in all that. I'm definitely gonna get that book and, and check it out. It sounds great. Yeah. It's my favorite book. I, I always recommend it, um, to anyone because you can apply that for anything that any problem, not apps, not just apps, but any kind of industry you're in. Um, you know, you'll, it'll change the way you think, which I think is a tagline in the book. Totally. And so I'm actually looking at something, uh, David, I don't know if you remember this, but <laughs> so I'm looking at my Facebook messages and uh, June 25th uh, last year, so 2015, uh -huh. uh, we had just opened the Facebook group for Blue Cloud Select and you hit me up and you go, hey man, can I get your opinion on a trailer I just made for this app? <laughs> and you sent me a YouTube link. And I was like, yeah, it looks great. He goes, yo, man, I just built it in seven hours and just been polishing this up. Little did I know that, you know, six months later, that was going to be one of the most popular apps of all time. But it, it's how, like, how did you, you know, how, so you obviously got the idea and then you built it in what, seven hours? Well, yeah, I, um, 
I I built well when I when I first thought of the idea, I actually built it within thirty minutes. Um, which actually it would have taken me um, uh, even less time, but I had to make the graphics in some I think Inkscape, which is open source uh, vector uh, software, and so I had to make the graphics first, and then I put it in the game. But once, because to make the demo, all I had to do is I think I even picked one of Trey's the one of the presets in the software, and I just made some adjustments, and uh, yeah, I just put in the the circle and the ball. And then programmed in, you know, how they'd interact, and that didn't. That just took me minutes. But but then to polish it all up and er- and everything, it was actually um, no. It should have been. I think it took me about a week. But I might have sent you because I know I built a bunch of levels before the week was over. So I might have sent you a trailer maybe when when it was the first day or something. But mm-hmm. I think once I was finished with all the levels, you know, I I think maybe about a week had gone by. Wow. That's, I mean, even, even still, right. Like going from, <clears throat> from no programming to being able to build a game like that and, you know, polish it up in a week. Uh, and so did it, did it launch what last, last summer? No, I, so, you know, I built this and I thought, I thought, well, I don't want to just publish this on my own because I, I thought I knew I would be, from what I understood, from what I saw is well, the the landscape is so filled now that you know I, I want to partner with someone who has who could market this. So I basically just sat on it. I think I contacted uh, Ketchup. I, I contacted uh, uh, what's another one? Absolute. And I, I contacted just a bunch of publishers and to see if they were interested. And and uh, I mean, but you know, eventually, obviously, I got with Fortify. But um, yeah, I just I just decided to sit on it. Until I got a publishing deal that that um, sounded good, and then we actually launched it December sixth last year. Oh, okay, got it. And so for anyone out there who's you know, because I mean, we get hundreds of emails from people that are you know uh, interested in the idea of a publisher. So when you say you went to Ketchup and Absolute and Fortify and contacted them, what exactly did you do? Like, did you go to their website? Did you find them on LinkedIn? You know, how did you contact them? Oh, and um, it was pretty simple. And remember, I'm coming from, I don't know anybody, right? Right. I mean, the first couple of years I did this, I really didn't reach out in, to any kind of um, communities where I would really know people. I mean, I was, I followed your your website. I followed, uh, I would check in at Chad's. Um, I would follow, I would read up on Trey's website. And I would just kind of like be at a distance, you know, because I think in my head first I thought, oh, I can do this all on my own. I got this. And then at a certain point I was like, no, I need help. <laughs> I need, I need to meet people. So really, um, so, you know, when I contacted people, it was just, I remember following Trey's advice where he said, you know, before I think, because by that time I had been in the bill box forums and I started meeting people in there and, uh, one of Trey's posts about, getting a publishing deal is he said, make sure that the game is as polished as you can make it before you present it to them. Because if you present something that doesn't look as good as it could, then it's going to turn them off and then they'll remember you for next time too. Um, but see, there's a problem in this because we all have different sensibilities about what we do. And, and a lot of times, you know, we, we may have built an ugly child with this game and if we're not aware of it, if we just send it out, then we'll get a rude awakening, you know, when we don't get a call back or people aren't interested. 
So I thought, okay, I don't want to be delusional. So I, I, I had a couple buddies I showed my game to and they gave me some good notes. And, but mo- you know, most all of them really liked the game. They, they, they thought most everything looked great and they just helped me give a couple tweaks to it. Like my friend Colin on the forums is a graphic artist. So he gave me some really good tips. And once I, <clears throat> once I, once I did that, you know, um, I, you know, I polished it up even more from the feedback I got from my buddies, uh, which I, again, I think is important, you know, don't just build it yourself and then don't, don't get any other perspectives before you try to contact publishers, but get some feedback from people, you know, have, um, have good opinions and feedback that they could give you. And so that's what I first did. And then the, the second part was I just went to the publishing websites and I, I emailed their contact email with a link to, um, play my game. Cause I think I had it on test flight. And so that's all I did. I just say, Hey, here's a trailer of my game. I put the trailer I made, uh, and I think a very short trailer is best. You know, they're not, not they're not going to want to watch a two minute trailer. So I had a 30 second trailer and, and, um, I said, Hey, here's my game. Here's a trailer. Here's a test fight link. And that was about it. Cool. And, and these people, like you said, so if, if you don't, uh, know anyone you can find it can be your friends it can be family members it can be people in you know if they're in blue cloud select in the facebook group in the build box forums but it can really be anybody it doesn't necessarily have to be at people right and you know i think i think uh with anyone's opinion you're gonna know if it's gonna be something that makes sense or not a lot of the time because um because people have people are even you know a lot of people, most people like my game, but not everyone. I still see comments. This game's horrible. I hate it. And um, so, there's always going to be people who who will have a just an opinion that doesn't make any sense for for your game. But the more you, the more opinions you get, the more feedback, then you're going to get a pretty well-rounded picture of a consensus of of how people feel about the game. And you know, there's there's a lot of things that that can be tweaked. Um, with any idea to, to get it to where it needs to be. But yeah, I think, I think getting feedback from people outside of an industry is really great because they're, they have no perspective within your industry. So they're, they're coming from a completely different place. And a lot of times you'll hear ideas that you wouldn't have heard from anyone in the app industry because these people are outside of that world. So, so yeah, I think opinions, getting feedback from just about anybody is pretty important. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. I think a lot of people, when they, they hear, oh, I got to go get opinions or feedback from people, from their friends, they assume it's going to be negative. When in reality, often it can be really constructive, really creative, good stuff. Uh, and it should be something you should like want to show people. Even if it's not the you know the final product or the best version, you can sometimes get really great uh, insights from people that have, they're just user experiences, right? Like they don't have all the same... Uh, they're not looking through the same lens you are, which is which is great, right? And so you so you got a publisher, and then you you launched it in in December, and uh, I mean, then the the tidal wave started building, right? Uh, you know, I remember you you started posting in in the group that all right, we just hit one top one hundred, and we we just hit top fifty, and then you know eventually you get to number 1 and i mean you've been there for for what 4 weeks now 3 weeks off and on like right at the top um well <laughs> we hit number 1 i think january 20th 
And uh, we just got knocked down one notch because of that uh, Kardashian game. But um, I'm pretty sure that game, once their main promotion to their fans is over, it's going to start going down again. Cause, and I, it's interesting because I, I look at games every week to see if, if – uh, I'm pretty good with knowing if a game is a threat to, to toppling us. And so far I haven't seen anything. I, I check all the new features. But um, I would say we, we've actually been in the top ten probably – since um, the beginning of January, I think, because we held the number two spot for quite a while in, in, in the top five and the top ten. Um, that happened a lot longer or uh, way before the, the number one. So we've been in the top ten for a while, but the top one, our number one spot, we were there from, I think, January 20th till just a couple days ago. Mm. And along that journey of from launching it till, till now, um, at what moment at what rank or at what moment did you really say, man, I'm a, I, I have something really special here. This is, this is, this is going to go big. Um, I think maybe the, maybe that when I, when I, cause I knew the game was getting up in the charts and I mean, we see games go up in the charts all the time and, um, and then stay up there for a bit and then go back down. But, uh, maybe it was, you know, cause I would, um, I would do random searches on Twitter or or YouTube, and I just started seeing more and more tw tweets about how people either love the game or they hate. They love it so much they hate it. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I can't, I can't go on Twitter and and look at all the tweets. There's just thousands and thousands of them, you know, as I scroll down, and then just I started seeing reviews in Arabic. You know, someone's playing the game in the Middle East, and I I don't even know what he's saying, but um, I was like, wow, uh, there's people who are all over the world just popping up videos on, on, and doing reviews and, um, and, uh, you know, you watch their reactions when they're playing the game and they're just, you can see how, how, um, how much, how involved they are. And I just really, it was just when I started seeing all these random videos pop up more and more, that's when I thought, oh, this is, uh, this is definitely something different's happening here. Because you don't see that for a lot of games that, you know, casual games that go to the top for a week and they go back down, you know, um, that kind of reaction. Um, right. That, so that's, that was uh, probably it. Right on. I think, you know, it's it's such a such, a, such an amazing thing to be able to kind of re, to go through the experience with you as you're, you know, rising up. What does it feel like? to hit number one in the app store. I mean, I, I think if you can put it into words, what does that feel like? Um, well, you know, it, it, I guess the U S app store was the one I, I cared about the most. Cause we, we went number one all over the world way before, uh, the U S hmm. the U S was the one we were trying to crack and we just couldn't get up. I think piano tiles was sitting up there for a bit and we were like, Man, this thing won't move. We were at number two <laughs> forever, and um, and uh, because it, it was like they had these deep claws that they were holding on to the number one spot with. But um, I mean, I remember when it hit number one. I was actually I went to go pick up my friend Alana to take her to the airport, and I was I was in her front yard, and then I I just checked the app store again. I saw number one, and um, I don't know. It just felt. Uh, I mean, it felt. I guess it just felt exciting. I I had been so conditioned to to I guess by that point you know because we had been so successful in all these other markets and 
and then we were number two forever in the U.S. I guess it wasn't as much of a shock as it could have been if if it just rose up and there it was. Mm. Um, but I was still – I just remember, yeah, just being excited. I, I messaged my team and um, I guess I just felt um, – uh, I guess it was just, you know, um, just, yeah, just a mixture of excitement um, and being – Maybe, maybe uh, a little, you know, because you have, I think all of us have, when, when we embark on something that seems a bit crazy to people or maybe foolish, um, you have a lot of people who, who are, who doubt what you're doing or tell you, may, you can't, may, you know, you can't do this or, or why don't you go get a real job? And, and it just felt kind of vindicating that this finally happened, this, this uh, you know, vision or dream I had of getting this successful app up there. And it, just, it was just a very vindicating feeling. And, uh, and, 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 and you know what's great about that happening is all the people who were the doubters or the, the, had something negative to say, they're all saying positive things now. They're all happy. <laughs> and I think that's great because it's not, it's not something to where I, I'm – thinking, oh, now I'm in a position where I can point my finger at them or, you know, uh, be mad at them. It's, it's more of, oh, now I can, now I can have a positive influence on those people too, because now they're on board and, and maybe, maybe it'll affect their own lives to where maybe they would tell themselves that they couldn't do something. And so that's why they were telling me, but now they see that I did this. And so now maybe they will start believing that they could follow their own dreams. So you know, it's kind of um, a mixture of all that, I suppose. Yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. It's it's incredible to hear that because uh, I know in my own life and with a lot of uh, blue cloud people and just you know my friends and family, the the moments when you know you believe in something but the world is telling you like uh, you know it's never going to happen or you know. It, the, the future looks grim or whatever, but you deep down believe that something can and will happen to you. And then it does. It does have this kind of positive impact and influence on everyone around you and the world in general. And I think it's just, it's such an incredible thing to see that, that switch of, you know, negative to positive or good to bad or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And you know, it's also, it's also um, amazing how much your life can change because just three months before, you know, because I would always take part-time jobs that would give me most of my time at my computer. So, you know, I parked cars last year. I would do magic gigs here and there. Um, and I would, um, I even cleaned pools back in 2014. Hmm. And I remember I was just cleaning, I was cleaning pools, which is not the, the um, most, uh, what's the word, uh, um, I can't think of the word. It's it's not the most exciting job or the most appreciated, but um, I just remember thinking, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I'm sitting here cleaning pools, and and uh, you know I don't. I was like, I don't have a, a skill that I could uh, go and get a real job with. You know, you have all these these thoughts pop up, and then you remember, oh no, I'm just I'm doing this, you know, for this for this um, for this other this dream I have, and um, but you know I for. For that job, I I bought a truck, and which I probably shouldn't have done because I injured my wrist three months into the pool cleaning job, and then I couldn't do it anymore because you need your hands to to do all sorts of, of backbreaking work with that. And so now I had this truck payment, and uh, late last year I got to the point, you know, due to my 
method of doing part-time work where I couldn't really keep up with my truck payments anymore. So I called Ford twice and I said, hey, you guys are probably going to want to pick this truck up because I don't think I'm going to be able to keep up with payments and I'd rather you know, rather you pick it up and repo it now than me just get super behind. Mm-hmm. And I did that twice and I canceled twice because I thought, no, maybe maybe I'll just see if I can get someone to get it on Craigslist or whatever. And um, and then Ford also, they said, well, you know, you've been good with your payments, so we'll give you like a couple, we'll give you a couple months to 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 try to sell it. And so I went from almost getting my car repoed and having that on my credit for seven years to, you know, next month I'm just going to pay it all off in one payment and give it to my brother and then go because my brother needs a, a vehicle too. I'm just going to pay it off and then go get a car. But it's amazing how you can go from such desperate times to to the complete opposite if you just stick with with um you know your your game plan for your dream totally that's that's so right on man that's awesome and how like so how has your life changed because of color switch i mean i know that you know you're getting however many downloads you're getting and your your you know dollars flying all over the place but you know how has that changed you know, your life day to day or just in general? Well, one of the, one of the immediate changes is I used to just be stuck in my apartment because there were many times to where I didn't even have enough money to go drive around town if I wanted to work somewhere else for the day. Um, and just this last week, I found myself in Simi Valley, which, you know, is a good round trip. You're looking at 45 minutes to an hour. And in gas and all that, and it doesn't matter anymore because you know I can just go, you know I get I get, I would get so sick of just working in my apartment and sitting at my computer because I did that for a solid two years doing this, um, and and I would just save as much money as possible, just stay home and not not go out and my and drive anywhere. And now it's just an immediate thing is oh, I'll go drive wherever and and work um, in Simi Valley today or go go climb a mountain or. You know, just relax. You know, I'm not so, I'm not worried about uh, uh, finances anymore. You know, and so that burden is off. And I guess other other changes are, um, uh, you know, I can I can help out my family. And my my sister actually had a, uh, she works as a social worker, and she she also uh, is going on auditions in the daytime and and uh, for acting, and she studies improv and. And, uh, and so at night she does this, um, this graveyard shift so she can do all that in the daytime. And so, but she's, she, she was getting really burnt out from it and, and just overworked, tired all the time. So I said, Oh, just quit your job and then you can, I'll hire you as my assistant. So I thought that was, um, an awesome thing that I was able to do so that, you know, now she can get enough sleep and, in um, and uh, and uh, not be so stressed out. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it never was about myself. Um, in that, oh, once this happens, I'm going to go take off and do this and that. It was, it was a big part of it was, well, how you know when when this becomes successful, then I can help out my family in all these ways or my friends. I have a couple friends I'm training uh, who are now really interested in doing apps too, and I'm I'm helping like be their mentor and train them in this and. And I think I think when you're in, it's just put me in a position to where a lot of stress is gone, and now I can spend a lot of I can spend a, a lot of my time helping um, my family and friends to 
to you know in, in what they're doing and I think I think that's probably one of the main ways my life changed because before it was all about me I had to build this thing I had to be at my computer and now that it's doing so well it's you know, I'm now I'm in that position to where I can spend time helping other people and and that's I think is a great feeling yeah that's it's it's so true I was uh I was talking to Moyo uh, Okame, who I'm sure you know in Blue Cloud, yeah. uh, the other day, and we were talking about how it's it's really incredible what happens at, at a certain point, whether you know financial success or just you know you get to the point where you are no longer really focused on yourself and like what you consider your you know the needs in your life, and once those can be you know removed or at least you know you don't have to think about them as much this huge space opens up that can be filled with this really great, like positive energy that you want to help people and serve people and give back and make an impact so that other people can have that feeling too. And it's great to hear you say that. I mean, I, I totally, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, most, in most people in their lives, they never get in a similar position. So I think I also look at it as a responsibility to, to, um, you, cause I look at it as, as a, I look at everything as a tool and, I, I look at this position as like a really uh, a really big tool that I can utilize in in um, in uh, in make it yeah like you're saying uh, make it about other people and not just yourself you know I have I have other business goals and other things I want to do a lot of different things um, that I will do but um, but yeah it's just it's you, there's so many people that that are affected by by um, you know, you, when you, you're in that kind of position to, to make an impact. So mm -hmm. it's pretty exciting, you know, but yeah, all that, that, like you're saying, all that space opens up and, uh, and, uh, it's like, Oh, now, now what, now I can, now I can really start getting to work. <laughs> yeah. I can get, have some real fun now. And so you, like you just touched on, um, you know, the business of it all and like what, what the business has been like. Um, what has this taught you about the app business that you previously didn't know, uh, and even business in general? But how has this success, you know, what sort of what have you learned from that from a business standpoint? Well, I've learned a lot. I've learned of right. I've learned on how to work with people. Uh, ever since the beginning, I hired graphic artists for even when I was outsourcing the programming, and I learned how to work with with different people with different skills and different personalities, and. And, uh, you know, I used to, I remember I used to expect, I would, I would pay my graphic artists, uh, like, let's say $200, but I would expect, expect like $1,500 worth of work. Um, and it's, uh, at one point I realized that I was doing that. I thought, oh, wait, I can't, I can't expect him to make 500 images for a hundred dollars or whatever. Mm. And, uh, and so I really worked, I, I, I learned how to be fair with people and, you know, um, uh, and, and how to work with, um, you know, I, I, I never worked with an artist before, but I learned how to work with, with an artist. I learned how to work with, uh, programmers. Um, and, and, uh, and then, um, and then also how to, how to sustain this business, you know, just working with my own team, I see how they do things behind the scenes and, and I'm learning a lot just from that and how to make, you know, uh, Sure, you can make a get an app to number one, but how do you, you know, how do you sustain that? How do you, um, how do you, uh, how do you keep the game interesting to people? And and as you guys can see, we always have new content coming out, game modes and different things. But um, 
And I also learned, I mean, I guess uh, this this business is very specific. It's not something you can go to college for. And, and you don't, you know. Um, uh, I have a book. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's called The Art of Game Design by Jesse Shell. And it's also one of the most important books for my journey, too, because I've been studying that book the entire time. But in the foreword, he said, the only thing that that takes it takes for you to be a game designer is for you to say, I am a game designer. Mm-hmm. And that's really all it takes to to get into this business. You know, if you want to be an appreneur, as Chad says, all you got to do is decide that you are one. And and then it's like you're you are going to business school. And there, there are teachers and people out there to help you, and and you, it's up to you to, to um, to reach out to them and learn. Um, and that's another thing I learned was was you have to get help. If you just rely on your own understanding, you're you're only gonna get minimal results in what you want to do. And that's how I was the first couple of years. And not in, not until did I start meeting people in the community. I made friends with other developers, and I just I started meeting all these people. Well, now I have all these different different perspectives and ways of thinking, and you know, you, I ask them questions. They oh check, you know, oh, oh yeah, um, and they, they would give me their feedback on whatever the question was, or um, you know, there's and and to this day, even if though I've had the app number one for quite a while now, I don't look. I still look at at this as I I know like. Point zero zero one percent of what I need to know for this business, so I have to keep learning. Hmm. And to this day, I study. You know, for this business, uh, I guess that's another thing that I realize is you have to be. You have to love to learn, and you have there's so much to learn um, in this business. So, you know, taking a training course from from um, Blue Cloud or uh, or Trey, you know. Um, is is gonna be great for people who get into this because um, you're gonna learn a lot from a lot of people and it speeds up the process too because if you just rely on yourself it's gonna take a long time to soak up and learn all that knowledge that other people are making available that took them years to to learn but but condensing it so that you can learn it a lot quicker mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah uh, oh and you know I think this is one of the most important things as far as um, apps that I learned is, see, most people just rely on building games with the game builder. And there's a big difference between learning game design and learning how to build a game with a game uh, builder like BuildBox. BuildBox, BuildBox isn't going to, to make you a, a number one hit by itself. You can't expect it to. You have to, you have to improve your game design skills. and. You know the art of game design. I've been studying that book for the last couple of years, and it's written by a top Disney game designer. And the concepts in that book, I put into Color Switch a, a number of them. And and uh, so on the surface, Color Switch is very simple, but I, there's a lot of nuances in the game that gets people to keep playing it over and over. Whereas most of your casual games go up for about a week, people play it, and then they they're done with it. But but for some reason. It's not just, I mean, it's a little bit, of, it's a lot of magic too, but there's a lot of intention behind the scenes of, you know, concepts from, from game design principles that I put into that game. And it just so happened that it just worked, you know, all the, the, all, everything's firing correctly so that people keep playing it. So if you want to make a great game or have the chance to make a great game, 
you have to study game design. You really do. And people, I never hear people on the forums talking about game design principles. Like, hey, uh, do you guys think the flow state in this game is good? Or, or um, you know, whatever. There's so many concepts to learn. Uh, I always hear the technical side. Oh, how do you make this in the software? How do you make that? I never, ever hear people talking about game design concepts. And it's a difference between being an architect and just having a pile of lumber and, and start and you start nailing things together. Mm, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, everyone is, is that guy with a pile of lumber and they're like, Oh yeah, I can build this. And they start building something, but there's no design to it, you know? And it's that architect who, who studied design, who knows how to design a really interesting house. And they understand this, there's psychology that goes into it and how people react to spaces and all that. And, so you have to be not only the guy who builds the house, you have to be the carpenter and the architect. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing too how the word design, people immediately think like images or Photoshop or whatever. When in reality, you know, it can be an experience design. You know, like how does it feel? That is just as much design as what does it look like? And I think that, that that plays a huge role into the psychology of game design and, you know, being an architect and having a vision and understanding what's going to keep people engaged the longest. Oh, yeah. And uh, the how it makes people feel, what you just said, that's I think that's literally the first chapter in that book on, on creating an experience for people. Mm-hmm. And he also makes the point what you just made that design, it, there's design concepts in every industry, you know, and. And that's actually why I have that book. I bought a couple books on architecture from um, the getting the recommendations from Jesse's book because they're they're um, he said th- this guy who wrote this book on architecture is a genius and here's the principles and how you can apply them to game design. So I bought that book. I didn't realize it was a thousand pages. <laughs> so I have a lot of studying to do. Yeah. What's what's the name of that book? It is called the A Pattern Language. By Christopher Alexander. Awesome. And it was like 30, I don't think there's even a Kindle version. It's, I think it came out quite a while ago, but I was just browsing through it and I was already amazed, you know, at at some of the headlines I read for some of the chapters, but, you know, um, it can easily be applied to games because games, every game has architecture in it and the architecture affects people in different ways. And, uh, and so, yeah, I never thought I'd be reading a book on architecture, but, um, you know, there's, there's, it just goes to show you, there's so many, so many new perspectives that you can gain that you can apply to games. And, and then the more you improve your thinking and the more interesting your thinking becomes, the more interesting games you'll make. Mm. What, what's an example, you know, touching on a little bit about what you said earlier about, uh, you know, how do we keep this game at the top? You know, how do we improve this game? What are some examples of updates you've done or changes you've made to Color Switch that have really helped improve that rank and or helped improve the user experience? Well, I, you know, it's just mainly, you know, as you can see in our game, we have more game modes and we have, um, you just get people things to do, really, I, I guess is what it comes down to. We have all sorts of characters you can unlock, which, you know, we've seen that in, in a lot of popular games. Um, and then, you know, it's just you don't want to get – you don't want to change the core. We never changed the core gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think there was even an update we did where the ball didn't feel uh, how it felt before, and we got complaints about that. 
And, wow. um, and I was, you know, it very nuanced, you know, um, uh, uh, even, 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 even though, uh, that was a, uh, very nuanced, um, uh, item, uh, people, people felt it, you know, just mm-hmm. like you were saying about how does the game make people feel? Well, if, if you change the core of the game and it makes people feel different, they're not going to like that because they're, they're, they liked it for a specific reason. It made them feel in exactly a certain way. And if you mess with that, then you'll get negative, um, reactions. And, um, so that was, that was a learning experience for sure. And, um, cause I remember getting the update and I thought, oh, it feels, the ball feels a little different, but it should be okay. Sure enough, it's not okay. People are complaining <laughs> about that. Um, so we had to make sure that the core game, I think the core gameplay should always be the same. Um, you never want to mess with that because people like it for a reason Mm -hmm. and it's just anything they could add on to it you know you know uh whether it's game modes or or more characters to unlock it's really just giving giving people some you know just more bells and whistles pretty much yeah and i think the sky is the limit it's whatever you can think of um as far as those things go one thing that i've always been really interested in uh and particular with casual games is the sound design and the you know, the sound effects and then also just the background music itself. How has that integrated or what, how, are the, how are those decisions made or, you know, was it a big part of the decision-making process or a small part? I think sound and music are, are very important for the whole experience. Um, and the, I think the sound, I mean, the sound design uh, initially I, I did myself and I based all that off of what I had from, I think it was from Trey's bundle package that comes with Billbox. He gives you a bunch of art and sound effects. Mm-hmm. And so there were a couple sound effects in there that I tried out in the game and I liked the way they, they um, I liked how the game played with them. And so I, I chose those. Because um, you don't want something that sounds camp, if, if your game's not campy. Because I think Color Switch, I, I definitely had in mind that I wanted to make a uh, elegant um, game with shapes and colors. I didn't want it to be campy or I saw a lot of other games that just, they didn't look visually as appealing as they could um, utilizing those concepts. But so I thought, okay, I want to make something that looks nice and elegant and, and uh, the sounds should go with that. So, you know, there are some sounds that are, are too much or um, the, the theme of the sound doesn't sound correct with what's being visually presented. So it was just, uh, it was really just me going by my, my own sensibilities and what sounded fine for, um, for the sound effects. And, uh, so that was my initial decision for that. And, uh, the music was, um, uh, I guess we knew this DJ and, and, uh, we wanted to, I was given his music to see what I thought of it. And, uh, the track that I have in there, I actually cut that track from a longer track that had vocals and everything. Um, but I was listening to a bunch of his tracks and, and I thought, I thought, Oh, okay. I like, I like what he's doing here, but I'm going to have to cut this down because well, for one, you know, you want a shorter, uh, shorter piece so that it can loop a bunch and Mm -hmm. not be too big for the game. But also you got to, I thought, well, we need to make the song as universal as possible, and and I think uh, taking the vocals out of the song really improved um, the track for the game. And uh, so, yeah, I just cut that in GarageBand, 
um, right. on my computer and then uh, really liked the way it turned out and then everyone else did and that's how we put that in the game and then and then we just have other tracks featured by him and we all I think ultimately it you know it since it's my IP I have the final decision on on what goes in the game but most everything I, I think we're all on the same page with our sensibilities for the game and and most, you know, we usually agree on on what we um, want to go in as far as music and whatnot. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And how big is? Um, you've mentioned your team a few times. How big is your team right now? Uh, it's pretty small. I mean, I I probably shouldn't say the number. Sure. Because they're they're all they're all um pretty uh, low key, but it's it's you know it's not like we're uh, we're definitely not an Angry Birds team with thirty people. Or Clash of Clans, how, or maybe that's what Clash of Clans is like thirty plus people. But um, yeah, we're not we're not huge. You know, Fortify just started a couple months ago. Cool. Yeah, you're just kind of you're growing and you're doing the indie the indie game dream. It's great. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's literally a, a dream. My dream manifested into reality. Um, you know, and it's just so it's still surreal, really. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's fully hit me yet either. It's just because, you know, I've been interviewed on uh, a couple shows, had a number of article interviews, and I still, I, every time I think, you guys know it's just me, David, from C <laughs> Valley, right? I'm, I'm, like a, I'm like a D-level celebrity. I'm not that important. Uh, that's great. You're going to start getting all these celebrities playing uh, Color Switch on like Saturday Night Live, and you'll be, <laughs> you'll be on 60 Minutes. It's great. That would be crazy. With and, and like I think that's um, you know the obvious question would be, you know, what do you what's next? I mean, obviously you're going to focus on this for a while, but at some point I'm sure you're starting to think about like, all right, well, I've got a lot a lot of opportunity here. I got a lot of cool stuff I could do. I mean, have you thought about what you want to do next? Oh, oh yeah, I mean, there there are two things I guess. One thing was you know I I always wanted to set up. Um, passive income with apps so that I could work on creative endeavors I've always wanted to do but aren't they you know they're not lucrative so you know I, I, I have a uh, uh, a huge interest in writing and directing and I love cinematography so um, I want to make a lot of my uh, short films and maybe some independent features and I, I have a lot of buddies that do um, a lot of different jobs on films so I that you know being out in on Hollywood you meet people all the time who who um who do those things. I think I worked on a I was a PA on an Apple commercial and uh and what else? Uh MTV pilot. So I met a lot of people behind the scenes from those experiences. Um but there, so there's a lot of creative stuff I'd like to do, you know. Um mm-hmm. I've been playing guitar since I was 17, so I'll probably finally start my rock band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. You're gonna uh, rent out Staples Center with that with that with the uh, color switch exactly, craft. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's just my own personal stuff on the side that I've been wanting to do. Just a lot of fun, creative stuff. And and then as far as business, um, I've uh, I have a couple people I'd li- you know other people I'd like to work with that I'm in that I've been talking to, and um, I'd like to you know I'd like to branch out with who I'm building games with and. Uh, and then um, you know, we'll, and then uh, see what else I'm going to be doing with Fortify, which I'm sure I'm not supposed to mention any specific things. But you know, there's a, uh, and that's just with apps. And then I guess outside of that, I I've actually been a Toastmaster for the last four years. You know, which is a 
public speaking organization. Mm-hmm. And um, probably in a couple of years, I'd like to travel the corporate circuit um, uh, as a speaker, you know, whether it's inspirational or motivational or maybe I'm speaking on creativity or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, because every week I go to my meeting and I do a speech. So I've been doing that for four years. So I'm very comfortable with um, doing live presentations. And I'd really like to travel around sharing this story, you know, doing that. So that might be a career I, I delve into in a couple of years. Um, and then uh, I don't know. There's just I think when you have a, a really good success like this, you can springboard off of it and do all sorts of different um, endeavors. And um and uh, yeah, so there's yeah, there's just a variety of things. And you know, I'd like to travel a lot. Um, so I'm 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 actually going to probably be doing a, a lot of traveling around the U.S. this year, and then maybe some worldwide travels next year. But um, you know, you know, it's like like I read in the beginning in, in App Empire. You know, create a create a business that you run from your pocket or you're on the go and you can do it anywhere. And anywhere I go, I'll have my phone. I'll have my my Mac my MacBook and I'll be working, you know, on this and, and then what, whatever other apps I do in the future. And, and, you know, that's always been the dream just to have the freedom, uh, to do the work I would like to do. It's not that I don't want to work, but I'd like the freedom to do the work I want to do, you know, wherever I want to do it. And, and, uh, that's, you know, been part of the dream since I read app empire. So, yeah, just a lot of I guess a lot of things on the horizon, you know, that that I'll be doing over the next couple of years. Cool, man. Well, that's that's awesome. And uh I mean, hopefully we can we can all get a peek and see uh see your journey along the way. What's some of the how can people get in touch with you? Um play the game, obviously. <laughs> yeah, play the game. Uh trying to think what's the best way. Um people can uh um Twitter on you know is there a, is a color switch Facebook page or anything like that? Yeah, we have a color switch fan page. You just type color switch, you'll find it. I mean, obviously, you'll you'll find me on there. You just got to type my name and you can message me. I don't if I don't I I get so many friend requests um, that I don't really I don't really say yes to those because I half the people I don't even know, and you know if I don't know someone I you know uh, I wouldn't send me a friend request, but you can message me. I'll respond to your message. Cool. Um, um, and then, uh, I, you know, you, people can email me, um, what's my, uh, a good email is you can email me at, um, uh, which one, um, yeah, you can email me at, uh, David Reichelt magic at gmail.com. Cool. All right. That sounds great, man. If, yeah. And then kind of last thing, there are, you know, probably going to be a couple thousand people listening to this at some point. Uh, a lot of which are, you know, people that were in your position a couple of years ago, both as game enthusiasts, developers, marketers, people that want to be in the app game. What advice would you give them? If you could give them one or two pieces of advice, what would it be? Sure. It's, it's all really simple. I mean, it takes time to execute on a daily basis. But number one is you have to always take ownership of your failures and your successes. You can't ever blame someone else. Oh, I bought this from so and so, and it didn't work, or um, or this person only has success because of this. You know, if you if you have all these negative thoughts in your mind, that's again it. It goes back to what you create in your mind is created in your reality. 
So if you're an, if you're a negative person in your thinking, you'll be a negative person in your actions. And the the main person that's going to affect is you and in what what kind of successes come to you because you know people use people like being around happy people or people who are in a good mood. And if you're a negative person, you're going to push a lot of positive people away. So number one, uh, work on being positive on a daily basis. Focus on what your goal is, what your dream is, and let that let that energy just you know permeate through you. And you got to focus on that daily so you don't get stuck in negative thinking. And um, and trust me, I I only say that because I had plenty of times where I would I would have thoughts just like that, and I would get to a point to where I knew okay I can't be blaming you know blaming anyone else. I got to take ownership, and I just got to keep at it. Because it is frustrating, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's like you're in that valley for a long time before you hit that peak. And you never know what it's going to take. For me, it took two and a half years. Another person, it could take five years. Some, someone, it could take 10 years. Someone, it could take a week. You know, there could be like the the app prodigy who just <laughs> who gets it right away, you know. But the, the key is, another key is, however long it takes, you're not going to know until it happens. But what your job is to do is to not give up. You have to, you have to, you have to be willing to make countless mistakes, have countless failures, but learn from those failures. If you fail, don't do the same thing again. Think, okay, how could, what could I do differently next time and do that? And if you fail again, have that same thinking. Okay, I'll try something new. You know, And that's all I did. I just failed. It didn't work. So instead of beating my head up against the wall doing the same thing a thousand times – I would try something new and I would just repeat that cycle over and over and over because you're going to fail. The bigger the dream, the bigger the failure in front of it. Um, you have to be willing and accept it as a positive thing because so many people just um, get comfortable. And if you're comfortable, you're not being challenged. And if you're not being challenged, you're not having any big failures. So failures is just part of the process and it's actually not a negative thing. It's actually a very positive thing because it means you're on your way somewhere. Um, so yeah, just be willing to fail until you succeed, however long it takes, because you could give up and for all you know, you could have had one more failure left before you had that big success and you'll never know it. Again, uh, get help from as many people as you can. You got to meet people. You gotta, you're got you not alone out there, even though you're just on your computer. There are people out there in the community who are more than willing to help. People come to me all the time now. Hey, can you look at my game? Or, hey, David, can you give me some advice on this and that? And I... I always respond to those um, uh, those requests because I remember being in, in that position and thinking that I was all alone. But when you get help from someone, it, it's it's uh, it's uh, makes you feel a lot better because you know there's you know that someone's out there, someone else cares, and and uh, and you aren't alone. And um, you have to be a constant student. Again, if you just rely on software to to build you a great game. You're in for a rude awakening. It's not going to happen. You have to become. You have to study game design. You have to, you know, when you when you study game design and you understand a concept, download a bunch of apps and apply the concept to those apps. Say, okay, does this game? How does this game utilize this concept? Could the concept be improved in this game? Does the game use it too much? Um, an example of that is is the flow state. There are there are. Um, the flow state is basically the space that doesn't really exist except people's minds, but it's the state between boredom and frustration, and that's where you want people. You don't want them too frustrated. You don't want them too bored. You want them right in the middle. 
and I very consciously put the flow state concept into color switch. Um, but there's so many things to learn. You should study color theory. You should study game design. You should study graphic art, um, architecture, all sorts of stuff. You know, you always got to improve and change your thinking, and that will improve and change the apps you make. And you're you keep doing that, and you're gonna you're gonna get to the point to where you're gonna make something really great. But you have to improve the way you think, and you have to gain all these new perspectives on your thinking. And don't just rely on a piece of software that can't think to build you a great game. You, that's up to you. Right on, David. Thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing with us. This has been unbelievable. Like really, really, really great stuff. And uh, I know everyone out there appreciates it, and I really appreciate it. So. Thanks again, and we wish you all the best and hope that Color Switch stays at number one for <laughs> years to come. Yeah, thank you very much. We'll, we'll see what happens. This has been another episode of the Blue Cloud Podcast. For more information on app development, ebooks, reliable source codes, and more, expand your mobile knowledge by going to bluecloudsolutions.com.